A volcano erupts in Midtown Los Angeles, but tragically, the Beverly Center survives. Welcome, everyone, to Rebooted! The podcast where we are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to do it. This week, we talk about the 1997 action disaster movie Volcano, starring Tommy Lee Jones, Anne Heche, Don Cheadle, Gabby Hoffman, and John Carroll Lynch. If an active volcano popped up in the middle of L.A., I think the city would be abandoned within like 24 hours. I don't think anyone would stand it. <laughs> like the end of this movie makes it seem like, hey, cool new feature to LA, <laughs> an active volcano. I I think you're underestimating the um, transportation infrastructure of LA when you say 24 <laughs> hours. But yes, people would leave ASAP. Three days. Three days. We'll say three days. <laughs> That lake was 62 degrees yesterday. Today, it's up to 68. That's a sunny day. It is lovely, isn't it? Sure. Mr. Roy, takes a geological event to heat a million gallons of water by six degrees in 12 hours. What is a geological event? I'm, I'm sure you're aware of this, that our continents sit on tectonic plates, great big rafts floating over an ocean of molten rock. Yeah. When they shift like they did this morning, we get an earthquake, OK? Same mechanism can sometimes open a fissure. Sometimes magma can find one of those fissures and rise up through it. What's magma? Lava. Uh, first of all, let's get the introductions out of the way. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to Rebooted. I am Brian Flynn, and with me, as always, is Kenna Trent. Kenna, how are you? Um, I'm great. Great. I, I'm doing well. I, I want to apologize. I We were supposed to record this a couple days ago, but I, I've been under the weather. So hopefully I'm less nasally and mouth breathy as uh, I was. Um, I'm going to do my best. But um, I am in L.A. You are in Kentucky. And mm-hmm. I, I got to say, like, watching a movie in L.A. about in like a natural disaster, there is some sort of like primal fear. I think people who mm-hmm. live in the city get like if something bad happened to LA, like let's say like a tsunami or an earthquake or, or, or whatever, it would be impossible to get out of the city. Like the train that they keep talking, the Metro that they keep like expanding in this movie, which has been going on now for like 40 mm-hmm. fucking years is not, uh, would not be helpful in any way. You know, the freeway system basically locks you in and we're, we'd all be trapped. Um, it really is, like Anne Heche so specifically points out, a very fascinating, like, in a city this size and ex- as expansive as LA is, I feel like we're always like, why don't we have a better uh, transportation, like public transportation system? But it is kind of, it does make sense that a city that has earthquakes every week in some way shape or form would try to build an underground subway system (laughs) and so clearly in the 90s between this and i'm sure there are others between this and like speed where they were just trying to destroy the subways nobody nobody wanted nobody wanted this to work in hollywood no i mean fun fact la used to have the most sophisticated train system in the world like pre Pre-car. Basically, watch Chinatown and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and you'll understand that, like, the city ripped up hundreds of miles of rail, above-ground rail, to put in the freeway system, which was an absolute disaster. Um, 
But we're not here to talk about civil engineering and urban planning. <laughs> we're here to talk about really? rebooting a movie. Really? <clears throat> uh, for those of you new to this podcast, uh, Ken and I are going to take a classic movie and recast it as if it was to be remade today. Kenna, do you realize this is our sixth year doing this podcast, which is pretty crazy. Really? Pretty, pretty well, crazy. I, yes. I feel like uh, when it's it's truly uh, only feels crazy because there's like two years in there where I don't remember anything. And then... <laughs> but yeah, six years. And and to start off January 2023, we, we chose to do Volcano, which, you know, I think is a great choice. I actually watched this movie... Uh, a couple months ago, and I, so I I swear, I've seen this movie now twice in, like, a few weeks. I don't know why the details of this movie are hazy to me. And, like, I, I watched this movie <laughs> twice. But then I'm also kind of like, what is Tommy Lee Jones's name in this movie? And, like, who, what does he actually do? And What's his job? So I might be a little fuzzy. So, you know, six years in, you know what? I'm sorry. I, I should be better, but... I, I just never did. This is sort of my, the level at which I do this show. So, yeah, we should just stop watching the movies and like <laughs> just going off of whatever vague memory we have from way back when. But I did watch it. I watched it. I rented okay. it and watched it. Okay, All that's right. what you say. All right. Well, okay. Before we get into it, uh, Ken and I have some reboot news to discuss. Um, some weird th- stuff, honestly, this month. Channing Tatum reveals that he has rights to Patrick Swayze classic Ghost, plans to produce and star in Remake. Uh, this is an article from Deadline, which uh, we were joking earlier how it just sort of makes it feel like he's holding us hostage <laughs> with this with this news. It's like, hey, it sounds, it sounds like you a fucking threat. Dare. Like <laughs> Channing Tatum has the rights to Ghost and he's not afraid to use him. Don't push him. He's a man on the edge. Yeah. Um, he's like a Bond villain. Like, oh, you think you have me, but you've miscalculated. I own the rights to ghosts, <laughs> and I will produce and star in it, Mr. Bond. Um, according to Deadline, his disclosure that his production company, Free Association, quote, has the rights to ghost, came in an interview with Vanity Fair conducted while the actor-producer was making pottery. What? Now I know why they put pottery in Ghost, he joked. This whole process is very, very sexual. Uh, Tatum told Vanity Fair that he'll play Patrick Swayze's role in the new Ghost. But we're going to do something different, he said, alluding to certain problematic elements in the storytelling of the original film. Um, I think it needs, this is a quote, I think it needs to change a little bit and have our dot, 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 but never got around to finishing his sentence after being distracted <laughs> by the aforementioned pottery. I'm trying to think of what the problematic thing was. Is she assaulted? Oh, I don't remember at all. All I know is that all I know is that I feel like I've been reminded recently that people think Ghost is like one movie, but it's not. It's very much not like like I haven't seen it recently enough to to remember, but it's just not this like sexy pottery ghost story it's actually like kind of sad and depressing yeah um what i remember is basically like somehow patrick swayze who his character is married to 
Demi Moore's character, he dies. It turns out the guy we all know who did it the entire time did do it. And he's trying to like almost like in a fugitive esque way, save his life from beyond, save his wife's life from beyond the grave with the help of a magical clairvoyant played by Whoopi Goldberg. Um <clears throat> Which I mean, maybe is that the problem? Maybe that's it. Maybe he's like no magical black people in the yeah. remake. Which great idea. Uh, but didn't like Whoopi Goldberg win an Oscar for that character? For Ghost? Awards and honors. Goldberg received two Academy Award nominations, Color Purple and Ghost, winning for Ghost. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Um, well, okay. Well, what do we think of Channing Tatum and his threatening remake of Ghost? Um, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is, I guess, yeah, sure. Why not? I had a really dark thought. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what if the remake of Ghost is just Patrick Swayze's ghost stopping Channing Tatum from making Ghost? Oh, my gosh. I mean... The technology is there to have have like hologram Patrick Swayze. Yeah. I mean, I like Channing Tatum. I, 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 I yeah, I don't, it's just one of these things. Like, again, do we need this? Do we need ghost? No. Mm -mm. Um, so, all right. Good, good for him. I, I am scared to know what else he has the rights to. Like, yeah, that he's not telling us about. <laughs> I have Mrs. Doubtfire, motherfuckers. What are you going to do about it? Oh, God. Oh, God, please. Please don't. Please don't that hurt us. Actually, right. I would watch if Channing Tatum was like, and I am going to play the star. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. All right, let's move on to... Um, something that we have spoken about somewhat in detail... Uh, but that I have never actually heard official details about. And here we are. Ridley Scott is trying to get Normal People star Paul Mescal for his Gladiator sequel. You heard that right. Ridley Scott is ready to shoot a Gladiator sequel. And he would like Paul Mescal to be the lead of this film. Yeah, I mean, I don't exactly remember... I know you told me a little bit about how Ridley Scott had a plan for the sequel and it was kind of crazy. I don't know if he's sticking yeah. to any of that. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, I can fill in some of these blanks. So like okay. a few years after Gladiator came out in 2001 and became like best picture darling, or, you know, it, it, it won the Academy Award for best picture. It, it gave Russell Crowe uh, uh, best best leading actor and basically like launched his career and Joaquin Phoenix into like a new stratosphere of like celebrity and, and, mm-hmm. and movie co- was copycatted a thousand times and, and reinvented like a, 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 the, the sort of Roman picture genre. A sequel was shortly thereafter developed with Nick Cave writing one of the most insane scripts where Russell Crowe as Maximus, his spirit would meet the Christian God and he would have to return to earth to protect uh, Christians from um, 
why do I want to say prosecution? No, from um, persecution. Persecution. <laughs> Close. It's Sunday, guys. Um, and so, um, but then something, yada yada yada. He would die again, and his like soul would be cursed to travel through time, and he would like end up fighting in like every war in history until he like ends up at the CIA headquarters as just like a CIA agent. And so, like, it turns Maximus into this, like, time-traveling warrior, like, Gilgamesh through time, kind of, like, mythic man. And um, so over a long time, it was sort of like the butt of a joke of, like, you know, is this insane movie ever going to get made? Like, why would you ever make a sequel to, you know, a, a very a pretty strictly like dramatic movie like it, this isn't not like this isn't like terminator mm-hmm. or you know avatar it isn't something where it feels like hey we can like make action figures and sell and and do like roller coaster rides at universal it's it's a very straightforward drama <laughs> and so to create a sequel is uh bananas so i'm not exactly sure if um, the sequel is going to follow that script because I do know that they were going to have Lucius in oh, in the role as like the central figure in, in oh, that old version. Oh, okay. So I have no idea. I mean... But, um, and I, I also don't know really Paul Mezcal, like to be honest. I haven't seen normal people. I know he's a, oh, a huge name gosh. with the youth. With I just, the I don't know. youth. With the youth. He's fantastic. And... Yeah, I mean, I just, I want him to succeed in everything he does because he was so great in Normal People. But, I mean, hot take, I would watch as written that Gladiator sequel. And honestly, I would watch it with current Russell Crowe. Um, but I'm I'm 100% interested to see, like, what they, what why, like, why? You know, I guess all of the news just makes me say why. Yeah. No I one think- asked for it. I think this is like, you know how Quentin Tarantino is like, I'm only going to make so many films because like nobody cares about older directors. They like lose their point of view and nobody wants to see their stuff. I feel like maybe this is one of those examples of like, yeah, as you get older and then all of a sudden you're like, why not? Let's make Gladiator 2. Like, is, is it smart as a director to just be like, I should call it quits before I try to make a sequel to a movie that won awards 21 years ago i mean i guess the thing about ridley scott is like every other movie he makes is brilliant you know like is that true yeah i i honestly think that he like 50 percent of his movies are great (laughs) the other 50 are banana like batshit bad like i just don't think they're they're very good so I don't know. I'm just kind of like, this could be something that's like incredible. And, and he has a vision that no one else sees. And, and and he just gives it that Ridley Scott magic again, or it could be a complete waste of everyone's time. I don't, I don't know. It might be that he's proving, and I hate to say this, Quentin Tarantino, right. That there's just a point where you kind of got to say, I've done it. I did my best. And everything after this is just not going to live up to the name. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But uh, I, I'm going to see it. We'll see it. Yeah. Green light it. Oh, I yeah. Know. 100%. I'm not going to miss it. <laughs> right. Um, all right. You ready to talk about this movie? Yeah, let's do it. 
Okay, folks, this is our reboot of Volcano. Chief, how long is it going to take this stuff to get to Fairfax? The speed is moving at about uh, 10 minutes, uh, give or take. Is that enough time to build a barricade? Oh, All right, look. Wilshire Boulevard, Fairfax. 80K rails, double stacked, in a horseshoe, okay? A cul-de-sac. It's got to be a wall at least six feet high. All right. Do you have any helicopters, water tankers? Uh, not yet, but they're on the way. All right, great. Once you get this lava to pool, okay? Dump everything you've got on it all at once. Try to form a crust. Maybe it'll dam itself. It's what they did in Iceland. Thank you. Welcome. Can I just draw your attention briefly to what I'm sure is a comment that was left by someone who works for the city of Los Angeles? Uh, two months ago, they wrote under the under this video on YouTube. I just love these teamwork scenes. The can-do spirit. LAPD, LAFD, DWP, private contractors, <laughs> civilians, all hands on deck for the task at hand. <laughs> Somebody just really wants us to all get along. He just he loves civil servants. <laughs> Henrik Maximo. Loves loves a civil servant. I like how uh, Tommy Lee Jones was like, okay, we're going to make a horseshoe. And the firemen <laughs> stare at him br- blankly. And he's like, a cul-de-sac, if you will. And it's like, oh, okay, a roundabout. The people okay. in LA were like, oh, wow. Yes, 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 of course. A semicircle, a sea cap. I get, oh my God, of course, yes. Yeah, the, the I don't, I don't, under, like, I don't know. I just I just love the idea that a fireman has no idea what a what a horseshoe shape is, but a cul-de-sac. Oh, of course. Of course. Anyways, this is all lingual <laughs> sem, sem, uh, semantics. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, Volcano, directed by Mick Jackson, director of such wonderful movies as The Bodyguard, which we did way, way back. Episode 34 and L.A. Story stars Tommy Lee Jones as uh, Department of Energy and something Mike Rourke. I don't uh, remember what his department is. Uh, it's like Office DEF. of Emergency Management, OEM? Yes. Something like that? Something like that. Uh, stars Tommy Lee Jones as OEM, head of OPM, chief OPM officer Mike Rourke. Uh, the late Anne Heche is Dr. Amy Barnes. Don Cheadle as Emmett Reese. Gabby Hoffman as Kelly Rourke and John Carroll Lynch as Stan Olber. Um, <clears throat> uh, according to trivia, Jillian Anderson was sought after for Dr. Amy Barnes, while Ed Harris, Bill Pullman, and Bruce Willis were also considered for the lead of this film. I just thought it would be interesting uh, to think about this movie with a Jillian Anderson, Bruce Willis lead. I feel like. It might that would have definitely been a have more a different. Iconic. It would have had a different, a different energy to it because uh, Tommy Lee Jones is fifty-one years old, and Hayes is twenty-eight, <laughs> yeah. and both incredibly watchable actors, like so charismatic on their own. But there are like hints that they're supposed to have some sort of like. I don't know. I like him. Do you, does he like me thing where I was like, absolutely not guys. Yeah. <laughs> There's no chemistry there. I, I, I was hoping the trivia would have um, illuminated a little bit on this point because there definitely seems like there was times where they're like, Hey, these two should, uh, 
they should fuck, right? And the <laughs> actors were like, in no way, shape, or form is no. that happening. Um, they do have this like love of their profession. Like they, they, like the the coworker respect shared does teeter into like almost a romantic love for yeah. the like it. It's weird. It's com- it's a completely weird vibe throughout this entire movie. I have to have time to collect my data. I've got to get down there and get samples. I can't let you do that. Why not? It is too dangerous. That's why. I'm sorry. Shit. What'd he say? Oh, it's too dangerous. Man's work. You're just little girlies. I can't let you go down there. Like you, I can tell. It's okay. You're macho, controlling, slightly superior, suspicious of anyone who's not from his hometown, Conway. So you like him? This is good. This is why chemistry reads are important because. <laughs> Before shooting, you would have an understanding of like, because as soon as for a second, you're like, oh, oh, this is going to be a thing. But then I think when they're in scenes together, you're like, oh, absolutely not. This should never happen. Yeah, it's it's, it's just there's no room for it anyways. It's like and we'll get into a, a lot of the stuff. But like this movie is really about how a man abandons his daughter in a, during a natural disaster. And so like <laughs> that's that's where most of my focus was, was just like. <laughs> You left your daughter with a stranger in the middle of this this event, and for the rest of the movie, you're like, I've made a huge mistake. It's like, yeah, dog, don't do that. I don't know. Anyway, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get I, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, okay, so I have a surprise for a you, Kenna. A surprise? We are joined by, with, with a guest. A guest? Uh, for the first time ever on this podcast, I have invited a guest onto the show. Okay. And that guest's name is ChatGPT. Have you heard of ChatGPT? No, I have no idea what's happening. Okay. Well, in the rest of the world, uh, people are talking all abuzz about this new artificial intelligence. It's a writing artificial intelligence called ChatGPT where you can sign up (laughs) and basically ask it anything to do write any like it will write grad papers it will write really bad screenplays it will make recipes for baba ganoush whatever you want it to do (laughs) and it's it's still sort of in its infant infancy uh but the applications are very clear that one day ai is just going to take all of our jobs from us so uh dana uh, entered into Jet Chat GPT, uh, recast the movie Volcano as if the main five characters were actors today. Okay, and it gave her a list of characters. There weren't the R five, so then she redid the prompt of recast the main volcano, uh, the movie Volcano, using current actors for all of the roles we're doing, and it gave us weirdly almost completely new actors. But uh, I have some artificial intelligence picked. <laughs> Uh, okay uh, answers and i was wondering like should we should we also like should i read them now all at once and then do ours or should we have chat gpt's answers follow along with us i thought it'd be really funny to to sort of see an artificial intelligence made volcano (laughs) 
I th- yeah, I think we should include him in the in the conversation. Him, it. We should include it, it. in the conversation okay. as we as um, we discuss. Because I am curious. Okay, well, what is it? Right. What do you think? All right. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we get into our picks? Who wants to go first? I I guess I can go first if that's easier. Um, oh, okay. Tommy Lee Jones. It always feels like Tommy Lee Jones's character knows the next ten pages of the script. Like that, like he, to me, he's always on the edge of clairvoyancy. Do you know what I mean? Where he's like, mm-hmm. hey, steam shot out of a sewer in MacArthur Park. Okay, I need you to call this one specific person. Why, Mike? Why do you think that? I don't know. It could be wrong. Could be a thousand things. I don't know. It's like, no, I think you know what's on the next page. I think but you he knows, he knows kind the of next know. 10 pages and then nothing else because he does send his daughter to the epicenter of the the final explosion. He only can see like five minutes into the future and not 50 minutes in the future. I want you to go with her. I'll talk to you by telephone as soon as you get to the hospital. All right, that's my card. Please, please, you can't just leave me. Honey, you cannot be here and I have to stay. Why? Because it's my responsibility. Well, so am I. Please, I promise I won't get in the way. Just go. Tommy Lee Jones really, really was crushing it in the 90s as an action, you know, star or maybe co-lead doing crazy blockbuster, campy comic book movies. I mean, he he was strangely like a a big I mean, not strangely. I'm just sort of saying this as like someone who was a child when these movies were coming out. He was like a big Mm -hmm. deal. So. Yeah. Um, it was a little tricky to kind of think of someone who is, you know, a charismatic, rough around the edges, but yet very well liked uh, actor these days. Um, I don't know. I ended up picking Timothy Oliphant, who I think mm. is uh, can play a, a myriad of, of uh, shades and always to me is kind of like the. The, the rough and tumble kind of grizzled hero in some way. Um, Timothy Oliphant, uh, what was he? What has he been in recently? In the book of Boba Fett, but like, who cares? I mean, he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, who uh, cares? Um, but I just, you know, just the famously for Deadwood and Justified playing like kind of mm-hmm. the cowboy role. I, I just sort of was like, you know what? Let's just pick a cowboy. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> really great like there's something about something i noticed about tommy lee jones watching this movie is that he is the type of person that he's the type of actor that for a a disaster he's very like solid you believe him as he's the guy he's gonna get it done he knows what he's doing but also it's a little like disconcerting when he smiles like (laughs) You're like, oh, that don't do that. That's a little too much. So <laughs> I think I can see where the sort of like cowboy vibe comes from. Cause it's like, oh, we yeah. want him to be this sort of like serious, maybe slash mysterious uh, type of guy who can handle any situation you throw at him. But yeah, it's like, he's the head of the yeah. department, not because he's really good at the job, but because he's going to get the job done. He just, he's not exactly sure how, but he will get it done. And, and it, it, 
Which is so interesting because they like, he came from the Midwest, which I'm sure is also a very difficult, it's a, you know, part of the country plagued with natural disasters like tornadoes and other storms. And so the fact that people are like, (laughs) you're not in Kansas anymore, like you're not in St. Louis or like wherever you came from. And they're all making fun of him for being like a Midwest, like can do kind of guy. And I was like, he's literally the only person on the ground doing anything like (laughs) i'm not mad at him for having this type of attitude i am so glad that he was hired to the team like people are always mad at him and maybe it's just because he gives a little too much to the job um i did a little switcherooski for my mic um Partially because I think I, I started thinking that the whole like romantic chemistry thing was so off-putting to me in the movie that I was like, I kind of just want to like, I just want to switch up the casting so it doesn't feel like it's like hero guy falls in love with scientist girl and he, he doesn't trust her because she's a woman in science and which I guess is kind of what, what happens. Um, But I picked someone that I love and I think I would also trust in an emergency situation. I picked Carrie Coon of the Gilded Age, Ghostbusters Ghostbusters Afterlife, Afterlife. of um, the Leftovers. Um, That okay. I gotta say, I love Carrie Coon. Same. I'm in the. I'm, I'm into this pick. That's that's pretty cool. I mean, it's sort of like, yeah, you're picking a very talented sort of, I use the term character actor kind of loosely, but it's like uh, to fill the kind of role of this very important leader of a natural disaster response team. It's like, honestly, I could see her... F- being in a government agency and just being like, oh, okay, there was a minor earthquake in Northridge. Let's make sure the mm-hmm. water's like running. Okay, there's a, you know, a, a, a pillar of the, you know, 110 is cracking. Let's send a construction crew out there and make sure that all the day-to-day is done. And then it's like, hey, there's literally a volcano in the middle of Wilshire Boulevard. Holy fuck. Uh, get me a scientist like immediately. She's <laughs> on the ground. She is in right. it. Um, I like that pick a lot. Also, maybe just because I have been watching The Last of Us and Anna Tor plays one of the characters who is also a great actress. But every time I looks like I thought it was Carrie Coon. Yeah, I kind of always just want to be like, I wish this was Carrie Coon, even though (laughs) she's great. I just I, 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 you know. The, the way it might elevate things, but also yeah. I don't know how you would have gotten her to take that part. But <sighs> Carrie Coon is in Avengers. Oh my God. I love her even more. Great for her. Yeah. Yeah. She's love great. It. Great pick. All right. Who did chat GPT pick? Are you saying chat or chat? Chat. C-H-A-T. You know, I'm going to send you the link. I don't know why, but I thought it had like a name, like a, like chat, like a human chat. All right, so I'm going to read this AI's responses um, the second time. The AI cast Chris Hemsworth. (laughs) Like, okay. Obvious it's new to the game, but... uh, Yeah, he said, do you want somebody to star in a movie? 
<laughs> also, I'm do you want this movie to make money? I, I'm upset at how I keep saying he because it's it's not uh, it, it's too, it's a robot. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's it's um, a robot. Like I think I, I, I'm I, I'm less enthused with Chris Hemsworth. You know I what think I mean? It makes sense if you're if you're a robot. <laughs> um all right let's move on to we would us yeah no 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 let's move on to dr amy barnes played by anne hayes uh tragically who passed away a few months ago everyone knows the story we don't have to get into all that but she really delivers a performance in this movie that i think was uh pretty iconic you know for for um just for cinema I'll say she's good. I wasn't even going to say good. for her time. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think it's chat oh, it's GPT's turn. turn. No, <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> um, okay. So for my Amy Barnes, I think I just really wanted to start off 2023 strong because I will never give up on this actor, even though Netflix did recently. I think our doctor should be, John Cho, hashtag John Cho and everything. They <laughs> gave up on him. They did, didn't they? That guy broke his leg for them. Bastards. Um, you know, what does it say about us that we both picked Asian scientists? Oh, no. <laughs> and that's, I, that is systemic yeah. racism. That is... <laughs> we're living it. <laughs> I, I picked uh, an actress who is all abuzz with, you know, Oscar noms and, and she's having a moment. And I just, I just enjoy watching her on screen. I picked Hong Chow of the whale and the menu. Same. I saw her in the menu and I, I haven't seen the whale yet. I'm going to probably see it next week, but I saw the menu and I just, I loved her in the menu. Uh, I think she, um, I think she's just like, how do I phrase this without? Yes. Falling into <laughs> a stereotype. <clears throat> I don't know. It, it's 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 not hard to play a character that has all the information, right? Like they're the wacky scientist who has all this incredible data and no one's listening to them because it's never happened before, right? Like I don't think that trope is inherently like, oh, uh miscast at times. I just think Hong Cho is a fucking talent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I I don't have much of a point other than that. I, I just think it's like <laughs> when she tells you that a fucking volcano is literally under Langer's roast beef, like there's probably a volcano under Langer's roast beef. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I would, Ugh, I would trust her to know what the fuck is going on. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think she has that like undeniable quality. Like we were just talking about how, like, I don't feel like I have to give excuses for Kay Coon. I think she's incredible. And I feel like you say Hong Chao and I'm like, amazing she's incredible in the whale she's so funny in the menu and it's two completely different things and she's killing both like the versatility she's showing the judges versatility really and it is it is iconic and i think that both of us choosing asian actors just means that we really believe in uh we just really believe in the asian community <laughs> I will say for Amy, uh, I think we need something more for her in the end. Like, I don't oh, like 100%. the way her character arc ends where Mike is basically like, hey, I understand that we're all about to die. 
and we have to blow up we have to do a controlled demolition of a 40 foot skyscraper to dam the lava and save all of west side la can you go find my daughter who i've abandoned uh 30 minutes into this movie and uh can you just find her amongst 5,000 scrambling hospital (laughs) personnel and and injured angelinos and police and and firefighter can you just go like find a small girl for me please i think amy's conclusion she should somehow have to fight uh john corbett's douchebag character who owns the building (laughs) i thought you were gonna say the volcano i think she should fight the volcano she should fight the volcano (laughs) after she should get into like a mech suit powered by no i think she should like she needs to like punch someone you know what i mean like (laughs) i don't know why this is a bad pitch i know it's a bad pitch but in my mind i was like she should fuck someone needs to deck the shitty real estate guy because he really needs to get punched and his wife who is the doctor at like the head surgeon at cedar sinai who's helping all of these people doesn't do anything to him she like quietly divorces him it's very unsatisfying i think someone needs to kick this dude in the face and i'm gonna say i think amy needs a better ending so like let's have amy do it like i i actually think you say it's a bad pitch i feel like it's it's the start of a good pitch because (laughs) you're right his character one is never paid off really like he shows up to the hospital to be like why are you saving all of these people we are rich why we're rich strangers people (laughs) um and she's just like she yeah she just like rejects him but then they destroy his building specifically in a way where it's like yeah he should put up a fight and there should be also like I think it bugged me the number of times that Amy just like appeared in a scene and I was like, Oh, she's not actively involved. She's just like inserting herself into the space and is helpful. Like she ultimately helps a lot, but she should just be more active. Like I would want her to have that moment where she's like, damn it. I'm the scientist and you don't know what it's about to happen. John Corbett. And he's like, but I'm, but the luxury apartments and she's just like no we have to save all of los angeles like let her like be smart and cool and tough and interesting as much as i think we think that mike is like the hero it just it it doesn't make sense how much you're right that he's like okay so i get that you're the expert on everything but what i need you to do is not be here and go somewhere else and we'll just figure this out and so she kind of has to like investigate on her own and do all of these things where it just doesn't make sense like why would they not let's find um they need uh, to be more intertwined yeah Yeah. let's find our our um i can't think of words let's find our conflict somewhere else so that like they can just start kind of from the beginning being like, I need you here. I need you here. We're going to figure this out. Like right. it doesn't have to be, Oh, I don't, I don't trust her. Cause she's a small woman. Yeah. It's like, she's constantly, she's kind of in her own movie. Like she's constantly yeah. going and finding clues on her own and then bringing it to Tommy Lee Jones. And then he doesn't believe her at first. And then she proves it to him. And then he tells an entire army of people that she's right. It's like, I feel like, yeah, just have her there the entire yeah. time. It's dumb. Okay. Um, 
Did you? Yeah, we both went. Yes. Yeah. Chat now it's GPT. <laughs> Emma Stone as Dr. Amy Barnes. Okay. I think in the world where like, you know how like in Scream 2, Stab is like the fictionalized version of what happened in Scream 1. I think what ChatGPT is doing is like in a world where in Volcano <laughs> 2, Volcano 1 happened and now we have like the movie version. That's what it's casting. So it's like... It's called Lava Tube. The tunnel's insulating it. It's like a lava tube. Okay, let's move on to Emmett Reese, played by Don Cheadle. Um, think about Don Cheadle, which is why I think we love him very much, is that if you cast him in a crappy underwritten role, he makes it iconic. Like, mm -hmm. this is such a nothing guy in a chair character, and mm -hmm. Don Cheadle crushes it, crushes it. Um, like, on paper, it's just like, okay, who is Emmett? He's like... Mike's number two. He's constantly gunning for Mike's job. He wants like corporate perks, which I don't think the government does. He's like, I want a company car, Mike. It's like, I don't think the government does that. Um, I think you would Cheadle get a company car, so... but it would be like a white truck that says like city of Los Angeles on the side. Yeah, so, it's, okay, if that's it what has you want. The, It has that weird license plate that just says like livery or something like that. Like there's no, you don't have to park. You can park wherever you need to park. Yeah. Um, I just think Don Cheadle is so engaging. It, it's really hard to think of a Don Cheadle of today that it's like, Hey, if we just put him in this like nothing role or her in this nothing role, then we're putting like a bandaid to, to borrow a, a quote from the movie, a bandaid over a broken leg. Like mm. it, it's, no, that doesn't apply. It, it just sort of is like if you put this XYZ actor in this role, it doesn't matter how underwritten this character is. Is like we immediately like that person. They give an incredible performance and they flesh out this person 10 times more than the writer actually had time to do. Um, so I thought it was yeah. pretty hard. Man, it is so you to blow a vacation day for a little trimmer. Roar. What are you doing here, Mike? Vacation means you don't come in. Your ex-wife called again. If a dam breaks somewhere and the mayor calls, I don't want you telling her Rourke went fishing. No, see, the mayor's in Aspen, okay? We don't pull off the slopes for only a 4.9. Besides, I cover for you. I'm sure you would. You look very comfortable sitting behind my desk talking on my telephone. Yeah, it was kind of like I belong there or something. I thought he had the week off. Yeah, it's that Midwestern work ethic, you know. It's the same. Actually, it's the same thing of how... Um, Don Cheadle was a bit part in the last movie we did, The Family Man. And true. all you want, kind of knowing his trajectory, is for him to just have a much larger part in helping to explain what's going on in the story. And I think this is kind of the same thing, where I'm like, I just want to know, he made it so interesting that I'm like, I just want to know more about that guy. Like, what's his, what's his situation? Um, <laughs> I don't but I would watch it's hard a, to I would find watch that like it quality. You're right. It's yeah. hard to find that exact kind of person. Um, I ended up picking Riz Ahmed. Um, I think he's a, a tremendous actor, but what I like about Riz Ahmed is oftentimes he can bring like a nervous energy 
to like performances. And if you're going to be like the actor who's like just sitting in a chair reading computer information or like map mm-hmm. information to the lead over a radio, <clears throat> I would love to watch someone sit in that control booth and have and be able to emote the emotion of like watching the most devastating destruction happen like in like live i think cheetle does a great job of like watching basically lacma explode and and all these people like you know buildings burning and 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 like fucking the la brea tar pits are like launching fireballs into the air and um uh, that reminds me, there is a moment in this movie where a fireball gets launched out of La Brea tar pits and mm-hmm. it lands on a dude's balls. He's like in a stretcher and it hits him square in the dick <laughs> and lights him on fire. And I'll never forget that. Um, <laughs> but I just, I just, I, I just sort of see him in that position and doing that really well. Cause I think that's all this character really is. It's just like, he's the, Oh my God guy. Like, Oh yeah. my God. So it's, it's very thankless, but to put a great, like a, a really good character actor in that, I keep saying character actor, just put a good actor, could a good performer who's, you know, it's very easy to try and make this guy like quirky and funny and like a uh, comedic relief, but it's like, no, 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 no. This is the person who's watching like a nine 11 happen like every 30 minutes. Like we need, we need something serious here. It is really interesting though, that like, Tommy Lee Jones's character where like they create a character where he has to it's his job to help the city manage like the worst things that can happen to it we're supposed to think kind of like initially from his office from this like war room that they have that's got like tv cameras and phones to the governor and like all of this business it's just it's an interesting thought that the story then is like oh well we have to have somebody back in that office actually managing things like it's a very specific logistical issue to write into the script instead of just being like oh mike's thing is like he's the office guy and now he's got no office he's just got to do it (laughs) and like so it's interesting because in a way i'm like i don't need this character i don't need the scenario where we know what's going on back at oem but i am interested in what's happening because don Cheadle is interesting otherwise Meh. Otherwise, just cut them out. Like yeah. you don't, you don't need it. Take but, it or leave it. Uh, who did you pick? Um, I love Riz Ahmed. First of all, another no. actor that I feel like I would just, you know, I I'm showing up because I think he's great. Um, okay, so for my Emmett Reese, I picked O'Shea Jackson Jr. Uh huh. Um, who I feel like came to mind because I keep seeing the trailer for Cocaine Bear when I go to the movies and he's in it and I'm like, oh man, yeah, I really like him and I think he's funny and interesting. And so I just got excited that we're going to see him again. And I was like, oh, a hundred percent. I think he could do that. Like, you know, the sort of he's, he's Mike's number two in the way that he's like, come on, man. Like I could do your job. Yeah. I was trying to think of what he was in recently. And then I just looked it up. He was in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, right. Yeah, he was. Which uh, I forgot about. The thing about O'Shea Jackson Jr., I guess, too, is, like, he grew up here. Like, I know he's 
as the kids like to say, a Nepo baby. But like he, uh, he to me just sort of like fits. Like he, I think he's a, I think he's a great actor first and foremost. I think I, I enjoy watching him in everything he shows up in. Like, um, seeing Ingrid goes west. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I just really, I, I really like him. I think this is a great pick. But you know what I mean? It's like. He to me is as much as a part of LA as like his dad is. And so like to put him in such a like LA centric uh role, I think really works. The other thing, I really tried to set this movie in a different city. Um, but it's almost impossible to take it out of LA, in my opinion. I was like, what if it's Chicago? Hey. And then I'm like, well, then it just sort of breaks reality. And then you're sort of in this like <laughs> geostorm area where you're just like, well, then I guess volcanoes can just erupt literally anywhere and there's no like i mean in a way that's already happening because volcanoes can't erupt just anywhere like the conditions are not correct in los angeles no matter how much active seismic activity there is it's not the way that she's sort of like okay so plates sometimes when they separate the magma just (laughs) comes up i was just like that i'm no scientist but that is not science (laughs) You can't just say that like, well, you know how sometimes when they rub together, it's an earthquake, but then when they separate, I was like, this is, no, don't try to tell us that every earthquake could potentially be a volcano. This is ridiculous. Um, I know. I just think LA is such a, I think it's just two things. I think people like watching LA be destroyed <laughs> and... Second, I just think it makes the most sense. Like, I guess you could be like, well, what if it's San Francisco? Like, I, the lava would flow into the bay and it would be over in like half an hour. I, San Diego, no one cares about. Uh, I just think like LA there just is, makes the most sense. There is something to like, because even when you think about Chicago, I'm like, the city is so on the lake that like, there's a point where it's just like, okay just divert it to water but there's something about LA where it's like you would have to go through so much so many human people to get to the ocean (laughs) there is just devastation no matter what yeah um but I think you're right I think what's interesting about this character too like having someone who is like an LA native be like be like the the guy in the chair giving the details is like Okay, Especially if Mike this is this outsider, yeah. yes, yeah. All right, what did this computer pick? Uh, I think this. I think this AI just googled actors. <laughs> uh, and next time, if we ever do this again, I'm going to ask it why it made these picks. And oh, okay. I really want to. I want to hear. I want to understand because you can, and it will probably okay. give you. You can a have reason. a conversation with it. Yeah, and it'll be like, well, I picked Chris Hemsworth because he is a leading man, and I think that uh, people enjoy his movies. What uh, if he was just like, yeah, I picked Chris Hemsworth because he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> then we would know that this AI is onto something. That it's it's it's, it's become self aware. Um, chat GPT picked John Boyega as Emmett Reese, which also oh. it, John Boyega. We, you love John Boyega. It feels like he just, it's just Googling like top black actors, 2023 and Boyega is like number one. And he goes, great. I mean, this is kind of turning into like the Michael Bay version of volcano and I'm not mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It has, it definitely has star power. 
Uh, and I, the next two picks are absolutely insane. So why don't we get, <laughs> I mean, the next one is not, the last one is crazy. So why don't we keep it rolling with, uh, Kelly Rourke played by Gabby Hoffman, who I always forget was like a huge child star. Like mm-hmm. I watched sleepless in Seattle the other day and I was just like, Oh yeah. Gabby Hoffman is like the precocious little, uh, little crush that, uh, Sam had Sam. What's the kid's name? Jonah. <clears throat> oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, whose turn is it? I think it's your turn. I think it is my turn. Um, yeah, this is another one of... Uh, well, I'm... I, I like her story, how she kind of starts out as a useless liability, and then Kelly becomes... She ends up, like, trying to protect this kid. So, yeah, it's just, like, who's a, who's a, a kid who can be a kid, and... I'm not doing a who's very a good kid, job of- Who's a kid who can be a kid? <laughs> that's on the that's on the casting list. We're looking for a kid who can a be kid. a kid. <laughs> can anyone do that? Um. So clearly, I put a lot of very specific thought into this. Um. Mm-hmm. But I ended up picking Nico Parker, daughter. Of, oh, another nepo baby. Uh oh. Um. Daughter of Tandy. Or Tendiwe Newton, uh, who oh. most recently did appear in The Last of Us. Clearly, I've been that's the only show I've been watching. Yeah. Oh. Um, I thought she looked exactly like Tandy Newton. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm not insane. No, yeah. It's her daughter. Uh, she was great in the, I mean, spoiler alert for that show, the 20 minutes that she was in. Yeah. Um. Uh, I like this pick. I having seen her act for twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's like a um, real audition. Yeah, but I I agree with the reasoning that he, I I was gonna say the same thing. How like Kelly's you know she's sort of wrapped up in her own world. Like she wants to go to the mall. She she was promised a day with her dad. She never gets it, and at the end, you know. <clears throat> after he's abandoned her, which <laughs> have I mentioned that he just abandons his daughter during <laughs> one of the most insane natural disasters the city has ever experienced. Um, she does kind of find uh, a role, you know, like I, I love the scene where she's with the doctor and they're speeding to the hospital with like the dying firemen and, and, you know, pedestrian and the doctor's like, look, you, you need to grab that towel and wrap it around his bloody leg or he's going to die. And she's like, okay. And like, by the end, she's like, look, she's I'll like, take care of these kids. I'm 13. <laughs> yeah. Um, also our note were nose rings that scandalous in the, in the late nineties. Like they talk about her getting a nose ring. Like it was a face tattoo. It, it was really like, <laughs> I think- absolutely not. I think I parents think today would be like, yeah, I'll get one with you. Let's go. It would be fun. It's been hours. Uh, we've got a bit of a situation here, honey. I'll come home as soon as I can. But tomorrow we get to go to OG's house and then the Beverly Center, right? Uh, I thought we talked about Disneyland. Dad, we talked about getting my nose pierced. Uh, not in this one, baby. I kind of feel like, so in my version, I thought Kelly, you know, could be a little older than 13. I, I think to me, and I keep bringing up this abandonment thing because it happened, like... <laughs> <laughs> it's just insane writing. Um, 
but I, I, I was sort of seeing Kelly as maybe slightly older, like just on the edge of leaving home to go to college. Like it might be the last chance they get to like connect mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, her parents are split. She, maybe she doesn't see her dad very much. And, you know, she's using, she wants to use this time for kind of like selfish reasons. And I, I wish Mike was more like, no, I want to spend the day with you. I have like this day planned. Like we're going to go, we're going to go to the park. I'm going to take you to the Getty. We're going to see like all these sites. And she's like, I have friends here. I want to just like sort of see them. Like I'm good. And then this disaster happens and then it becomes like, you know, well, you know, can he, can he save his relationship with his daughter? Uh, you know, who's a little more in her own world. And so I cast an actress who's much older than 13, but still sort of can play a teenage, like a later, um, an older teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked Kiernan Shipka mm-hmm. uh, from Sabrina and Mad Men and her, this new show, Swimming with Sharks. And I liked her because like she, <clears throat> I mean, we all kind of watched her grow up as Sally Draper, but like mm-hmm. she seems like a way more self-sufficient than the Kelly in this movie who like, I mean, who says she's self-sufficient, but like she needs a babysitter and she loses a kid after not looking at him for like five minutes. Like (laughs) I just think Kelly, this version of Kelly is like, you know, she's just a little self-absorbed and then that starts to break away and she becomes the selfless Mm -hmm. kind of version of herself by the end. Um, And I thought Kieran Shipka is a, you know, a real, uh, burgeoning talent that she's going to be around for a long time. So I do, she's 23 I like, though. I mean, is that too old? I don't know. I like we, that. Am I judging women already? <laughs> is she, she's 23. Is she too old to play a, a teen? <laughs> she's too old. Write her out. Yep. Um, yeah. I think I, I like this perspective. I like the switch of like, maybe she's not the one who's like, Oh, I want to be, all I wanted to do was spend the day with my dad, which she does turn down. He offers to take her to Disneyland. And I was like, you go. would rather like, <laughs> go to the Beverly Center and get your <laughs> nose pierced than go to Disneyland? Crazy. but I would rather pick up three friends from LAX than go to the Beverly Center. For those who <laughs> don't live in LA, the Beverly Center is this old mall that sits in the middle of, like, it's on the border of, mid city and West Hollywood. And it's just this monolith and traffic around there is a nightmare. The parking in there is complete disaster. It's just like a a prison mall. There's like no windows inside. It's (laughs) a horror on, on, upon the city. Uh, Yeah. She, she really wants to go to the Beverly center for some reason. And obviously this predates the Grove because kids today Mm. would rather go to the Grove or the Americana. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, what I'm very interested in is who Chat GPT picked. Oh, Chat GPT picked Millie Bobby Brown. I mean, all of this lines up. It's just picking like top. It's like who is a child actress? Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> it's like it literally googled who's a kid who can be a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. All right, let's move on to Stan Olber, played by John Carroll Lynch. One of the, uh, here it comes. 
one of the best character actors of our of our time. Always he kind is... of fitting in areas that you unexpectedly see him, like Zodiac well, and Fargo and the Drew Carey show. It's nice to see him playing like a hero because I feel like I see him all the time in in things where I don't know the John Carroll Lynch of today and maybe of the past 15 years is like if he shows up it's like when are we going to find out that he like murdered a child but (laughs) but also he's just he's so darn reliable like Mm -hmm. no complaints no notes I don't no complaints um the reason we put him in here as opposed to some of the other uh, names in this movie is because he has one of the greatest, not just lava-based deaths, but I think <laughs> just movie deaths in general. Uh, they go down into the, the subway. They find a, 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 a metro car that has been stuck due to the vo- seismic activity. <clears throat> It's hotter than an oven in there, and the people have are kind of baking. They're unconscious, but they're alive. They're barely hanging on. They gotta get them out of there. And as the lava starts flowing under the subway car, uh, Stan, who is like the head of Metro Construction, lifts up the last uh, p- victim, I guess, over his shoulders. And he has to choose either to jump out of the train car by himself or sacrifice himself to save this other man. And he leaps with like a 200 pound man atop his shoulders, travels about a foot into the lava, <laughs> like does not go far, lands with both feet in a pool of lava and then throws the guy to his coworkers who saves him as he burns alive in a pool of lava, almost like T2 style. Like even his hand is an homage to like Arnold's hand as it goes down <laughs> into the flames. Um, fucking insane. I'll just say like fucking oh, insane. Yeah. He, um, does he literally melt? He because like his feet melt as he's like alive. No- there's no place for his body to go, but he's just like disappearing into the lava. Yeah. Yeah. He melts. Um, <laughs> so we put him on here just cause to talk about that death. I, I don't understand. Like there had to have been a solution that wasn't, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe it was just like, I guess if you're around lava at all, it just is like 7,000 degrees and you just like immediately die. Um, it's too hot for I'm not them to a, I'm be not like a... standing that close to it. Like, right? They're ooh, they're like four feet. They're, they're like, a, yeah, they're literally standing on it. Like they're at the beach, and it's like a wave lapping at their feet. Like, oh, don't let yeah. it touch you. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's it's. A, I just think it's a great moment where he just like. It is. It's a really. It's a true hero's death. Uh, whose turn is it? I think it's my turn. I think it's yours. I'll end with this. I picked Benedict Wong, who uh, I think we all know from Doctor Strange and mm-hmm. um, other BBC uh, period piece movies. Um, 
I'm trying to remember what else he's in. I mean, he's in a lot of stuff. I, I just, Doctor Strange is what I wrote down. Um, Marco Polo, Gemini Man. Uh, he was recently in Raya and the Last Dragon. <clears throat> I just think he's kind of the, you know, I think he's a talent. And I think just to get someone of his caliber of an actor to just be like, hey, you're going to die by jumping into lava, like while holding up a man upon your shoulders. I think he'd do it. I think he'd be like, fuck yeah, let's go. Let's, I'll spend two weeks in LA. Yeah. That's not a great reason to pick him. I, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much, how else I can say I enjoy a talented actor. Yeah. But Chappie T when, didn't have to give his answers. So, uh, when, you know what? Yeah, I'm just... When will it be enough for you guys? When can <laughs> we just say it and it doesn't matter? No, I think that's great. I think this truly is one of those roles where you have to just reach into the grab bag of wonderful character actors. They're all incredible. And so you just, you pull out whichever current favorite you want and voila. Movie magic. Yeah. Um, so I think it's pick? a great choice. I also picked one of my favorite character actors, Shay Wiggum, which mm. if you're like, I don't know who that is. Yeah, you do. He's been in everything. Perry Mason. The yeah. great man. Um, F9. Oh, he has a recurring part in the Fast and Furious series. Uh, Modern Love. Joker. Like he has done. Yeah. Everything. And yeah, I, we take him for granted, but he plays a great, he plays a great cop. He plays a great authority figure. Great, like He's blue collar vibe. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I thought about him. Why didn't I pick him? I don't know. But yeah, he's like, he's, he, he is classic. Like, oh yeah, that guy energy. Yeah. Um, um, I think that's a great pick. Are you ready for chat GPT's pick? I don't know. Honestly, fucking insane. <laughs> chat GPT picked Aquafina. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There's no way to spin that. <laughs> no. None at all. No. Mm-mm. Wow. That is truly insane. Fucking wild. Wild computer pick. Um, all right. I, I think we've uh, talked about all the characters we need to. I think we just have our last our last one, which is Barry Pepper. Guys, where does Barry Pepper go? Okay. Did we pick the same person? I I pick, I I made him Norman Calder, John Corbett's character, mm-hmm. the douchebag real estate. Did you make him the racist cop because he plays a cop in no, almost everything? That I think that's an inspired choice because it really adds some gravitas to otherwise that this was truly one of those roles where I was like, "Ooh, John Corbett, well-known actor." And then I was like, <laughs> "I guess not at the time because where is he?" Um <laughs> I made him Lieutenant Ed Fox, Keith David's character. Oh, right, right, right. I forgot Keith. Yes, Keith David. Um, let's talk about the racist. Can we talk about the racist cop storyline? Yes. It's, it's unbelievable. Because it's complete. I mean. <laughs> it's not. Well, not really unbelievable <laughs> in certain in the wake of certain news that's come out this week. But like, it's almost crash level 
bad. You know yes. what I mean? Like because there's so... that like I think what's weird about it is that is the resolution of it because on its own it's like yeah this is something that in when you're talking about a disaster whether it's like flooding or fires in LA there are going to be socioeconomic issues that go along with having like a disaster because there are places where people simply cannot afford to rebuild and there are lots of places where people have more than enough to just build something back even grander than it was and so they introduce this character who is a young black man who is trying to save his neighborhood um they're getting fireballs tossed from the tar pits into their neighborhood and he well we see him at the beginning he already has an altercation with i think it's both of those cops i can't even remember what that was about he is like trying to hassle he's he's like trying to get a firefighter to take a truck down to his neighborhood and the cops one of the cops arrests him because he's like making trouble but then at the end of the movie it's like clear like hey we don't have time to arrest random people off the street like let him go and then they can't lift the barrier Mm -hmm. for the horseshoe aka the (laughs) cul-de-sac and so the the black guy like turns around and is like, okay, I'm going to help you guys because this is bigger than, you know, one person helps them. And then the racist cop is like, Hey, know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask this fireman to go down three blocks and save your neighborhood. And then the other cop is like, you're a good man, John. It's like, no, <laughs> no, you're not. he's actually not. He's actually a bad person. And you know, all cops are bastards. You know what I mean? Like this is full a cab shit. Like, no, this is why, and I'm not going to get into it, but like, (laughs) honestly, I think a lot of resources need to be funneled away in this movie to, you know, people who are actually doing things like the firefighters and the helicopter pilots who dropped an enormous amount of water Mm -hmm. over the city. I don't actually have any idea where that water came from. I assume the reservoir, but who knows? No idea. It's, it's like just the, silver. The Silver Lake is just a wash in Wilshire Boulevard. That's what I assume. <laughs> um, yeah, the way it's written, you're right. It is like crash level bad. Of like, uh, see, we can if we just all set aside our, we just all just set aside our issues and just like really become people. <laughs> then and like, then at the I end, when they really <laughs> get along, but like and the. And the <laughs> He Sorry, comes hard going. for him. Like this man, he calls one of the cops Mark Furman, which granted this was what, 97? Like 97. We're living in the shadow of Rodney King. Well, we always Rodney are, King but, was 93, right? But like, you know, Mark Furman famously, famously 91. known for being a violent police officer as detailed in the OJ Simpson case. Like, it's so wild because it is like, it is like, oh, we get it. The black people in L.A. are just like, they're not with the cops. But you know what? If worse came to worse, I think we could really resolve some of these issues. It, it was not. It was not. It's just so wild that in a complete like we have talked about 
the main story of this movie and even side stories in this movie. This is an additional like C D E F story that is being detailed in a way where I just ask why, why are we? The end as well is like, They've just survived the volcano. They've diverted the lava into uh, the this ravine. It's flooding to the ocean. They've saved, you know, the three wealthiest neighborhoods in L.A. Like, congrats. <laughs> and Keith Davidson picks up the lost little boy, and he's like, let's go find your mom. And the little boy's like, look at their faces. They all look the same. <laughs> and everyone is fully covered in, like, gray ash. And then you're sitting there being like, Oh my God, is this movie really doing this right now? Like, are, yeah. are you really making a message of like, you know, if, if, <clears throat> if we didn't have color, we would, we would see that we're all people. It's like, holy fuck, just end the movie. Like, don't <laughs> put this in there. It's so weird and completely unnecessary. It like, screams written by a white person. It screams <laughs> I know, I know. like, uh, it it preaches. It truly preaches. Or yeah, it's just not. It's not great. Um. Anyways, anything else about this movie? I I, I hit all the things I want to talk about, and uh, I I feel like I laughed out loud at several moments that I was like, I don't think they're trying. Like I think they are trying to be funny. I don't think it's. I think I'm supposed <laughs> to laugh, and the shift in, uh tone is really fascinating to me like there's that whole they're taking paintings out of LACMA and there's a whole like Hieronymus Bosch thing happening at the museum and so they're taking these like famous paintings out and one of the guys doing it is like Hieronymus Bosch is heavy that's because he deals with man's inclination towards sin in defiance of God's will I didn't mean it like that that's a written joke that is (laughs) It just, there, yeah. it almost doesn't compute with like how devastating and how serious, like we just talked about <laughs> the other storylines are. There are just these weird, funny moments. Am I, am I insane? Like it's at the, at the very end, Don Cheadle rolls up in like a, in like a city car and he's with the other, other members of, I, I don't know if it's, uh, what's his name? Schiff. What's his name? The guy from West Wing who's also in this movie. Oh, Richard Schiff. Richard Schiff is with him, but like a golden retriever runs out of the car <laughs> and they're like, Maxie. And I'm like, was this dog here the entire time? Because it, <laughs> it, it feels like it wasn't. And they were like, the director is just like, oh yeah. And then like a dog comes and then the family's reunited. I'm like, it, it honestly, like, honestly, I'm asking like, was the dog in this movie the whole time? Because like the dog the, was the, definitely like, at their apartment at the beginning of the movie. I don't know how it got into that so, truck. So Don Cheadle <laughs> left the offices of like, I forget what it is, like damage control, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. He drove to Tommy Lee Jones's house to mm-hmm. pick up his dog to go to uh, like the recovery zone, like the, 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 where the bomb has just been detonated. Like Which wild, wild choices. Impossible. Impossible. You could not drive from one part of the city to another. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There's no way that they're just like, hey, everybody. Why didn't he take a helicopter? Oh, that's a great question. The only way you get there is a helicopter. 
Because you know every road would just be shut down for emergency services. Like, yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, would you remake this Traffic movie? Traffic is bad. Uh, yes. Yeah. We can't yes. tell you enough. Traffic in LA is pretty bad. Without turning into a Californian sketch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just trust us. Would you remake this movie? I, for some reason, and it might be because I just saw Plane, and that has <sighs> huge... We didn't huge, talk about Plane. Huge dad movie energy. And I, I was just plane. like, oh, I'm all in on like a disaster movie, like an over-the-top rescue type of thing that I was like, man, I think maybe we we get this occasionally, but not as much as we used to with these like insane scenarios. So would I like to see someone try this again and maybe take it a little bit differently? Yeah, I'm into it. I'm game. I I agree with you. I I think uh, two things. I think Plane was phenomenal. One of my favorite <laughs> movies of the year. No joke. Like without any irony in it's, my voice. It's I went 29th. in. <laughs> I, yes, it's early. It's still on the list. It's going to remain on the list. I went into that movie being like, I can't wait to laugh at all of the ridiculousness. I was enthralled the entire time. You, I was like, holy shit. This you is go really thinking- well done. I I'm like this is going to be bad fun, like so bad it's funny, right. and then it is actually very done very seriously in a way where you're like, oh no, I'm just I'm just into this movie. But that brings me to my second point, which is like I think if you can put if it, like them putting that much care and attention into that movie as they did makes me think that a movie like Volcano could be remade in a similar way. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a little more bombastic uh than plain but i i think that kind of movie might see a resurgence because of how well done plain was like honestly I, I, like volcano and plain to me sort of seem like they're on the same level like i think it would be really crazy to watch like a more uh updated volcano movie so yeah honestly let's just start let's bring let's bring back singular noun movies and just turn them into disaster movies yes earthquake volcano twister let's just start we just want we just want your disaster material plane (laughs) train car cocaine bear is two but i'm gonna count it (laughs) because both of those things are dangerous one of them is just like altering yeah yeah, yeah. it's just a descriptor we're just i just think i just think there's something here maybe during the writer's strike we should just focus we'll flip we'll flip a dictionary yeah (laughs) not that i want it to happen not that i think it's gonna happen but also i kind of think it's gonna happen i don't want it to happen but (laughs) i'd be down all right uh well that's it for us this week uh on rebooted thank you for joining us uh if you like this episode please check out our other episodes we have 121 of them guys six years strong and we're gonna keep going as long as we want that's basically how this goes this is about Uh, us it's not about you (laughs) (laughs) so uh we'll be back with another uh great reboot um so tell your friends tell your family tell your enemies tell whoever Tell artificial intelligence that we exist and maybe they will uh, recommend us to their other artificial <gasps> intelligence friends. Um, maybe they'll starts. just take over. Yeah. And we won't, you know, we won't be here anymore. It'll just be two robots picking from lists that they Google on 
Google, uh, which is kind of what we do, but better. You know what? There's a talent for this. Kenna, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by and leave us a rating and a review. That's the best way to help us out. You can also find us on social media at RebootedPod on Twitter and Instagram. It's the same thing. And you know what? 2023 is the year that I actually start doing things on social media again. I can feel it. I can feel it. I keep telling you to subscribe. I know. But I promise there'll be new stuff. Is this your resolution? Mine's to read more books, and I have read a book. I've read one book so far, and I'm on a second book. So I'm also reading is one of my big ones. I want to read more scripts and more books for fun. I mean, not to brag, but I've already read four books. So wow, wow. Well, I got nothing going on. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Good bye. Don't let the volcanoes get you. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere, apparently. <laughs> <laughs>